I'm Jim DeCesare, the host of the DeCesare Group Podcast. Welcome back. The DeCesare Group Podcast is a companion to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, and you can go to our website, thedeCesareGroup.com, and subscribe today. Make sure you follow and like us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now this week, I'm talking with someone who usually does the interview But we're going to turn the microphones around and interview Ashley Wilson, Assistant General Manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods and host of Soaky Sunrise on WNKY. Ashley joined the Hot Rods in 2021 as the Corporate Marketing Manager and in-game MC. The following year, she was named Director of Marketing and Corporate Partnerships. She's a WKU grad and spent several years in New York City in the performing arts and entertainment industry. Ashley was recently named one of Bowling Green's 40 Under 40 and serves in many capacities with different organizations, including the American Marketing Association of Bowling Green, United Way, Center for Courageous Kids, Down Syndrome of South Central Kentucky, and Kids on the Block. Here's my conversation with Assistant General Manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods, Ashley Wilson. Hey, Ashley, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, Jim. I'm so glad to be here. I know. Usually, you're the one interviewing I know it's but it's this backwards. Time, it's me. Okay, I hope I don't you know try to flip on you and ask you questions. Well, if you want to, that's fine. I don't mind answering them. Uh, anyhow, uh, you have uh, got a couple of hats you wear now. Just a few. Uh, you know, do a Soaky Sunrise on WNKY. Do a great job there, but you've kind of broken some barriers here with a, a professional baseball in Bowling Green. You're the first female executive. With the Bowling Green Hot Rods. That's right. And gosh, what a ride it has been. Never in a million years did I expect one to end up at an executive level in minor league baseball or sports, but in sports in general. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the journey that my life and career has taken me to this point. It, this is probably the most fun I've ever had. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, how, how did how did you get into baseball to begin with? Because that's clearly not what you trained for <laughs> right exactly because <laughs> i'm a theater kid yeah. and to end up in sports is wild but minor league baseball truly is a production sure and it really everything that i trained and learned and and experienced when i was in new york city it really lent a hand and experiences to what i do now but it all started back in october of 2020 Um, I was living in Clarksville, Tennessee, and just not loving it there. Wanted to get back home. And, you know, like a lot of people, especially out of COVID, a lot of layoffs had happened. Mm -hmm. And I was doing social media marketing for a a company there. And it was remote, but I was eager to get back in a room full of people. Yeah. So A lot of people were. (laughs) Yes, everybody was. And I was eager to get back to Bowling Green, get back to my family. And um, so I just started searching. And this, you know, ad popped up for Bowling Green Hot Rods, corporate marketing manager. Mm -hmm. And when I looked over the job description, I thought, well, this kind of fits me perfectly because it was community relations, corporate sales. So working with advertisers and sponsors at the ballpark, which I did a lot of when I worked for the Chamber of Commerce here. Oh, that's right. I forgot you worked there at one point. (laughs) I did. I did. And that's kind of where I really uh, grew and groomed myself in the in the community relations aspect and getting to communicate with the community on a daily basis. Yeah. Business owners, organizations, nonprofits, all that good stuff. But when I saw that ad, I knew, I knew it in my gut. The second I applied for that, I knew I was going to get it. 
So it took me a couple weeks. Sure. Because I thought this is going to change like, my they life. They might as well just hurry up and hire you instead right. of making you wait two weeks. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there and I did. I waited a couple weeks because I just knew if I do this, this is going to change my life. You know, um, and I, I've talked about this before with uh, students and with my team. You know, when it comes to marketing and public relations, it's really the same process. You just have a different product or service. That's right. So whether it's baseball or whether it's a chamber of commerce or whether it's a eyeglass company or whatever, you know, the, the, the steps you take and getting the word out and doing the things you do to be a community partner, pretty much the same. Yes. So definitely. But, but you get to, but here's the cool part. You still get to keep the theater in it a little bit, I don't do. you? I, I've seen your posts. You wear costumes. You walk around with a microphone. I have no shame. Yeah. Well, not at all. You but get that honestly. I, I can say that. I do get it honestly, <laughs> thanks to my, my father. But yeah, so, you know, long story short, got the job because I knew Eric Leach and Kyle Wolves very well mm-hmm. from my time at the chamber. So that helped get yeah. me in the door. But coming out of COVID, we were still going into COVID protocol for the season. And Eric comes to me and he says, Ashley, this is three weeks before the season starts. He says, Ashley, I know you're comfortable with the microphone. We didn't hire an on-field MC. Would you be interested? And I was like, sure. I'm, yeah, put me in front of a camera with a microphone. Yeah. I don't care. I thought he meant for like three weeks until the season, like full blown out of COVID protocol. But here I am three seasons later and still doing it and leading the charge of it. And I love it. Yeah, well, you had some tough shoes to fill. You know, uh, there was an intern once upon a time that that ran around with a microphone who's now a bigwig with the DeCesare group, just just saying. I have heard. I have heard, <laughs> and I have tried to, to reach her level. But, you, you know, I was talking with someone the other day. I actually played golf earlier this week, and uh, we were talking about career paths. And, you know, I think when we're all younger, we always have this this vision of where we'll be in 5, 10, 15, 20, and 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever. And the point of the conversation was you really never end up where you anticipated going. Right. Because things happen organically. Things sort of just doors open here, doors open there. And before you know it, you're – you know, you're an executive with a, a professional baseball team or you're owning a public relations firm. You know, it, it's not the path I chose or that you chose, but boom, there you are. Right. And again, I have been more fulfilled in this career because I do. I get to do a little bit of everything that mm-hmm. I love and that I'm good at. And that's rewarding. And it, it, it's exciting because not every day is the same. Right. Every day is different. And... I have a great time with the people that I work with. Well, that's and that's that's key. You know, uh, studies show you could you could be the low man on the totem pole, making minimal money. As long as you have a great work environment, you're likely to stay there. And uh, you know, so that, that says a lot about the Bowling Green Hot Rods. And I know uh, uh, Jack, the owner, uh, is you know very supportive of, of the people he puts in place there. And, uh, you know, he wants the best of the best. And so I think that says a lot about the, you know, it all comes from the top. Exactly. You know, culture starts at the top. And if you have an owner or, you know, a CEO or whoever that uh, creates that environment of a, a wonderful work environment, it just flows downhill from there. And the great thing about Jack is that he will not ask us to do anything that he would not do himself. 
we have a homestand this week. We're in the middle of, you know, a six game series. And at the end of the game last night, we were talking and he said, okay, time to pick trash. And he gets, he gets gloves on, he gets a bucket and he will pick the trash out of the stadium just like anybody else. And and the owner's Jack, Jack Blackstock. Blackstock. And he is from New, New York. York City. <laughs> and so he spends a lot of time in Bowling Green now. He does. Yeah. He flies in every few weeks um, and... Picks up trash. Picks up trash. (laughs) He'll work in the concession stands. He really will do anything. He will not ask any of us to do something he is not willing to do himself. His family will come in. Um, His son will work the ice cream shop and scoop ice cream. And his wife will come in and run a register. It's a family affair for them. And it, it is not lost on me what that means. Exactly as you said. It starts at the top. And, and I love seeing that. And that, that, that just creates a great culture. So as the, uh, the first, you know, I keep harping on this first female executive with the Bowling Green Hot Rods. That's kind of a big deal, though. It, I mean, it, it's it's typically a, a male-dominated industry. So can you share, you know, a little bit about your journey? Have you had any challenges? I, you know, I get the feeling that with the Hot Rods, it's just another day of work. You know, it's not a big deal that you're, whether you're female or male. But... I'm sure you go attend meetings with other clubs and whatnot. So what's what's the vibe like? It's very interesting because you're right. There are very few females in minor league baseball and in sports in general. Right. And obviously the leadership we have right now, all male, most everybody in the office, a lot of males. And of course, it's a male sport. Right. So it's, I didn't know how it was going to be, but I have never felt unwelcome. I've always felt accepted. And I think my biggest hurdle was not so much being a female, but knowing, knowing all the ins and outs, because I want to know everything and I want to know how everything works and, you know, what goes on behind the curtain. And they really allowed me the opportunity to do that. And I'm forever grateful to Jack, to Eric and to Kyle, because they've, they never shut me out. They encouraged me to ask questions. I was very communicative because I, I want to know and I want to learn. Yeah. And I would not get to this position I'm in now if I hadn't asked the questions and if they hadn't been so willing to teach me and, and answer my questions. So the moral of the story there is, if you have an interest in, in what you're doing, you care about what you're doing, and you take the initiative – you're liable to move up. Yes. And and just <laughs> And that's for all the young people listening, right. if any. And that's what I have told other people too. It's all about communications. If you yeah. have questions, ask. Yeah. If you want to learn something, ask. Because I, I told them, I said, I want to learn X, Y, and Z. I want to learn how the operation side works. I wanna be familiar with this, that, and the other. And they said okay. Because it's one thing that they can delegate and help learn and expand. And now, uh, with Eric Leach's announcement this mm-hmm. week, yeah, um, hate to see him go, but I hate to see him go. It is so bittersweet. I'm happy for him, but I'm sad to see him go. But Jack trusts me now to be number two in the organization. I was number three. Now I'm number two, and it's it's humbling and rewarding. And again, if I hadn't asked the questions, if I hadn't been interested and stepped up. And, you know, did more than I was asked because a lot of times they like to see that effort. They like to see yeah. the initiative. And I have discovered that that, too, helps me get through the doors. It's the initiative. Yeah. And, and you know, just showing that you want to be there. Yes. And uh, 
willing to work and, you know, pull the tarp. <laughs> pull that tarp, pick that trash. You got to do it I all. I think, Justin, do you ever pull tarp? Okay. Our well, engineer also interned there. <laughs> well. Huh? Oh, yeah. He worked in the ticket office. Okay. He did. Yeah. yeah. Two so, years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. So, um, obviously, the, the Hot Rods have a, a great fan base. You know, I'm an old Tampa Bay boy uh, by birth. And uh, love the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they're my American League team. I have a National League team, American League team. But, you know, they, they have a pretty good fan base, the high rods do. And uh, let's talk about fan engagement, community involvement. Um, how do you ensure, you know, that stays consistent and steady and also uh, creating a, a success for the team as well? Sure. And I... I have stolen this quote from Eric because I love it and I believe it to be true. It's just refer, re, re, what is it, refurbishing it? Refurbishing, or, yeah. you know, making it refreshed. Yeah. Renewed. Renewed. Um, recycled. Recycled. That's, that's there it. you go. Um, but he says, you're only as important to your community as you are involved in it. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that is so important for the hot rods to be engaged and involved in the community. So that means being involved in the chamber or being the hosting relay for life, hosting the Alzheimer's walk. Yeah. Um, encouraging people to come into the stadium that may not ever experience it any other way or for us to be out and say, Hey, we have a presence. Um, yesterday Roscoe was out at the summer reading kickoff that the at, library is putting on at the Corvette museum. Yes. There was a ton of, ton people of people out there, there. <laughs> and people would just get so excited to see Roscoe, our yeah. mascot. These kids just light up. And if we can say, be a little bit of a reminder, hey, oh yeah, the hot rods are playing in town. We need to go, we need to go see them. Or just encouraging people that we always want to be in the back of their minds. And sometimes if out of sight, out of mind, so yeah. you may not think about it, but if we're in front of the community, they see Roscoe, if they see a player. If they see one of us out in a Hot Rods polo, oh, the Hot Rods, yeah, I need to come to a game. And I'm like, yeah, come on. We've got a lot of fun things going because we have a lot of fun theme nights, a lot of fun promotions. Right. And we want to do something because, again, the baseball fans will come out for baseball. Yeah. That's, that's not yeah, that's, a I hard mean, draw. You're creating an experience that's for those exactly that right. typically don't go to baseball, but to get them into the ballpark. Yes. And I so, mean, Princess Night's huge, right? Right. <laughs> and that's that's a way to get moms and, and daughters into the ballpark that maybe not normally yeah. come. Unicorn Night. Yeah. And just these fun, engaging events and festivities that, again, we're trying to draw people in and hope to, even if they're new, we bring them back and make them returning fans because yeah. they see how much fun we have. They see all of the activities we have at the ballpark. We have, you know, a playground, a carousel, a splash pad, and and it's affordable. And that is so important to us, too, because sure. especially if a family of four wants to come out, you know, to go to the movies these days, it breaks the bank. Oh, yeah. And so we want to make sure that we have ample opportunities and events for people and families and groups of friends or church groups or, you know, business organizations, they can come out together as a group, Yeah, have a good time together, friendship, fellowship, sports, all, all of those good things. Yeah. And I guess it's almost what, 15 years now? 
next year will be our 15th year. Wow. Hard to believe. I know. So you've got all these people in the, in the ballpark now. So let's talk about the economic impact that this have this has on the community because it's huge. Yes. That ballpark was the, the centerpiece of the downtown TIF district. Uh, for those that remember the, the tax increment financing, uh, uh, legislation that was passed by the General Assembly, uh, but that the ballpark was si- kind of the centerpiece, and then things built up around it. In fact, um, when the ballpark was under construction, the first thing they did, the, the constructor, was they laid down the field mm-hmm. and built the ballpark around the field a- a- because they had to have that field ready by the time April rolled around. So let's talk about the economic impact and, and the job creation and all the great things that come along from, from filling the stands with people that come in, whether it's for Princess Night or whether it's to watch football, uh, baseball. I almost said football. I was like, <laughs> we don't have football here. Just just the baseball. No, we do. It's the economic impact that we have. And I don't think and people actually, realize And actually, you have played it. football out on that field before, I believe. There have there has been, <laughs> yes. There have been different sports played on the field. Lots of running across that field. Yeah. That's the truth. Um, you know, the impact that we have, I don't think a lot of people realize because not only do we bring in tourism dollars, but the the job force that we have, especially in the summertime, it's large. Yeah. I mean, we employ over a hundred people um, in the summertime, and I don't even have the exact numbers because we just have so many. We'll get people in the middle of the summer that are like, "That looks like fun. I want to go work for the hot rods." Yeah. But it's anything from our front office staff to ticket office mm-hmm. workers to uh, our promotions team concessions upstairs our suite hospitality servers our grounds crew our stadium operations crew i mean we have so many people because it takes a lot to get that place going yeah and and then and then you think about the 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 service groups that come in whether you, you 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 always have someone there that's working on your kitchen equipment or your air conditioned units or plumbing or whatever you have uh companies that are bringing food in uh so there's there's a lot of impact lots of vendors outside that we have. yes the uh, the ballpark as well so it's a huge deal to have my and we're the smallest market in professional baseball is that right third smallest wow yes and you know we're right here so i have a challenge for you though okay we've never had a call up or a, a rehab assignment at bowling green Hot rods. No, not not in my time, at least. No, no, never. Never. We, it, as assistant GM, as assistant to the what is it, Justin? General assistant manager. to the regional manager. The, yeah, the, the assistant I'm to Dwight. the assistant regional manager. Yep, yeah. I'm, I'm just white. Your job is to get a rehab assignment here. Hey, listen, I would love that. Yeah. I would love nothing more to have a rehab in Bowling Green because, gosh, that impact to bring so many people out to see yeah. that. And but I still wish people now would realize you are seeing the future of baseball right in front of your eyes. We've had over 90 of our players yeah. play in the majors. Go to the show. Over 90. And we've got number four prospect, Carson Williams, right now. He's on fire. Uh, we just had number five prospect, uh, Junior Caminero, who just moved up to the Montgomery Biscuits uh, two weeks ago. But we've got some amazing, amazing players. And you'll have the chance – even two years ago, we now have. I saw players two years ago that mm-hmm. have made it into the majors already. Yeah, that's awesome. And isn't it's it? exciting to see. And you get to say, I saw you win. And um, 
so I don't want people to miss out on the opportunities to see the future of baseball. Yes, I would love to get a rehab because yeah. that would be so much fun. Well, yeah, you've been challenged. You got to make. I've it been challenged. Now. Okay, challenge I accepted. Mean, first goal was becoming an executive with a professional baseball team. Now get a rehab son. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll, let me see what I can do. But, the point, what I was getting at is the economic impact. I mean, that, that I'm sure there's for basically for every dollar you can expect about a $2 impact. So, you know, for every dollar, it's like $3 worth of economic impact that comes into Bowling Green uh, ballpark. Yes. And, uh, you know, whether it's through concession, you know, spending money to get into the game, uh, the body shop, it's yeah. our merch store, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. And the great thing about the hot rods is free parking. Yes, not very, very few sports, stadiums, arenas, what have you, have free parking. Yeah. So we have the stadium park plaza structure adjacent to the ballpark. It's so convenient. It's really nice. And it's very nice, very nice for our fans. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on here with the uh, evolving landscape of sports, especially sports entertainment, fan experiences. So what, what strategies and plans do you have in place to get fans in the seats? And we talked about some of that, but also to continue that impact that the hot rods are having on our community. So you got any big ideas, big big initiatives on the, on the radar for you? So a lot of what we do, we're always thinking, you know, a season ahead. So we try to engage the fans by bringing them something that they want to see, that they want to experience. And we have found more and more people are interested in experiences than things. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we have stopped doing a lot of physical giveaways like bobbleheads or hats and shirts because people want to have a memory. Yeah. So we've started bringing in more celebrities. Yeah. Because that is an experience, a photo opportunity, an autograph that people would rather have. Yeah. And we seem to get more people in the gates now than with bobbleheads. And, I think and, you ought to have a local live band after a game sometime. I love that idea. I know of a local <laughs> band that's played a couple of other events that we've had at the ballpark. It was a little cold. We just need to find <laughs> a warmer right. weather. All right, we're going to stop here for a second because I want to. So most people know your dad and I are in disorderly conduct. Yes, and. Uh, the coldest gig we've ever played <laughs> in our Steve and I have been together for 21 years. That's hard to believe. 22. It's 22. And that was the coldest gig. It was uh it was St. Patrick's Day of 22. Yes. Yes. It was 17 degrees. I melted my coat that night because I was standing too close to, to the that heater. heater. <laughs> and oh my gosh, we never thought because the year before it was in the 50s. Yeah. It was so nice. What was it this year? It was... It was warm. It was warmer, but we were afraid Compared of rain and colder weather, so we actually moved it upstairs to the oh, Performance Pizza Club. Oh, we could do that last year. Well, it was because of you all. You helped us uh, decide to uh, implement a... A rain or snow plan, just like I know we helped you all put into yeah. your contract a weather clause. <laughs> yeah, so now we, uh, anyhow, I, I know I jumped off base, but you're talking about bringing in celebrities. I know you had the guy from The Office last year. We had Stanley from The Office yeah. come in. We had Jerry Gergich from Parks and Rec. Uh, we're going to have uh, Chris McDonald coming later this season, who plays Shooter McGavin and Happy oh, Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. He's coming. Uh, this weekend, we have Joey Chestnut. He's the world championship oh. eater. Hot of hot dogs. Yeah, 
Yeah. He'll be here. Well, he's he's getting ready to defend uh, his title he there is. at Coney Island. So we're not doing any kind of... He's going to do some eating demonstrations, but he's training, I guess you'd say, well, now. It, so he's not going to compete in any kind of way, but he'll judge a, a celebrity. Yeah, so uh, Bart Weaver's contest. from Glasgow. Yes. And he's a... He's a he competes. A world championship yeah. eater. And uh, he actually does train. Like, he'll go buy, you know, 100 hot dogs and... Try to eat it. That is so yeah. beyond me. I'm like, how do you? <laughs> and how he's do you a bodybuilder. Eat just rapidly. Yeah. But that's cool, Joey. Ch- when now? When's Joey coming to town? Uh, he's coming Saturday, June 10th. All right. So that when this is aired, that's already that it's, it'll already have yeah. happened. Well, um, but again, it's it's bringing in these experiences and memories that our fans that you know yeah. they've spoken. We listen. And, you know, we want to shift and I'm sure in a few years it might shift back to we want things we want, you know, physical objects, tangible things that you can put on your wall. I mean, I see you've got baseballs in here. You like to have them. They're collectors. things. Oh, yeah. So we, we listen to our fan base. Um, I have some baseball bats, too. You certainly do. <laughs> you've got a lot of sports memorabilia up there. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the studio, the TDG studio. In the studio. <laughs> But we we just want to listen to everybody. Yeah. And again, we also, aside from baseball, try to put on other events Mm -hmm. to get people downtown and to get people into the ballpark. Because I have talked to a couple of people recently that said, I've never been here before. And I'm thinking, how have you never been? In 15 years. We're literally smack dab in the middle of downtown Bowling Green. How have you never been in the ballpark? Yeah. And so... Because some people just aren't interested in baseball. That's just not their thing. So we host a slew of other events like Bourbon and Brewfest. Yeah. Um, and we just hosted a new event, Tequila and Tacos. And we have another one coming up next month called Bourbon Bands and Barbecue. And that's just a different way to get a different demographic through our gates. Yeah, absolutely. And then we hope once they've seen it, they're like, oh, this is a nice ballpark. Because yeah. we have a beautiful ballpark. It's a great ballpark. To have people come back and say, oh, I want to visit again when the team is here. I want to see what this is all about. And again, it's just reaching out to different groups in different ways and just trying to encourage them to to spend time in our beautiful downtown. Yeah. And and we do have one of the best downtowns, in, not only in the state, but in the country. We do. So, all right. So, before we wrap up here, um, have you ever watched the documentary... The Battered Bastards of Baseball. I have not. I guess I need to put that on my you list. Definitely need to watch that. Okay. Okay. It's about a minor league baseball team in the 70s that was owned by Bing Russell, who is Kurt Russell's dad. Oh, okay. He was a uh, character actor, mainly the bad guy in the Westerns, but he bought this team, and it's a hoot of a story. But he's really, they were the first ones that started doing the minor league experience. So check it out. I'll have to. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, we haven't talked. I, I did want to talk a little bit about arts and entertainment for 50. Um, because you you sing. Your whole family sings, I think. Uh, does we're, your mom sing? We're, we're the Von Wilson family singers. Yeah. So not only are you on TV every morning on uh, WNKY, but you occasionally get out and sing. Uh, sing national anthem some a few times a year. I'm I'm guessing. I do. Yes, every once in a while <laughs> we need to fill in. I get to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" every single night. Awesome, which is fun. Um, yeah, I do. I sing when I can. 
because I love it. That's that it's my passion. It's my hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you sing with disorderly conduct. I do. You when know, when annually. the lead singer likes to share the microphone, yeah. I will sing. Well, and I love it. We we love it too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I'm glad you you still get to you know to some extent be in that that field of work and and make it work through baseball. And I think that's what helps in my fulfillment in this career right now is because I do, I, I do get to perform. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I like being the center of attention. Sure. Who doesn't, who doesn't, but um, I enjoy the fact that I get to have that creative release every day. Yeah. Whether it be singing, you know, the national anthem or take me out to the ball game or dressing up in a costume because Again, it's about the memories that we're making. Sure. And, you know, whether it's a show, you're going to see a show on Broadway or going to see a show at Sky Pack or at PTK. I mean, we're putting on something. And for me to have that, I get to have a personal experience while someone else is having an experience at the same time. Yeah. And it's the memories that we have. Because I have little kids come up to me and they know who I am because they see me on the screen. And so they know my name. And I love it. I love that I've made an impact on this little girl who comes to a baseball game and sees what I do. Yeah. And I hope that one day if she's like, I want to work in sports, that she can do it. Yeah. And that's that's what it's all about. It is. So, hey, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, I appreciate it. This was wonderful. This, this was cool. My friend Ashley Wilson, she is the assistant general manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Good to see you. Thank you, Jim. Wow, what a great conversation with Ashley Wilson, the Assistant General Manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods. And thank you for listening to the DeCesare Group Podcast. Quick programming note, the DeCesare Group Podcast is going to take the next week off for some family time. However, we'll return with a brand new episode on June 26th with another exciting guest. The DeCesare Group Podcast goes hand-in-hand with our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News. You can subscribe on our website, thedeCesareGroup.com, And you can follow and like us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group. Our engineer is Justin Slim Shady DeCesare with content contributions from Brooke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare. Keep listening to the DeCesare Group podcast and hear from industry leaders, business owners, and experts about the latest economic development and business activities in South Central Kentucky. Until next time, I'm Jim DeCesare.